Hello. Well, what a whirlwind of me trying to figure out this whole podcast thing. So, clearly, I'm not as tech-savvy as I had once envisioned myself and how older teachers at the school view me. But it was very fitting that I did a whole podcast on turning setbacks into comebacks and I go to... um, load up the episode um to launch launched it all and then had people tell me that there is no voice on it and I was like are you kidding me so go back and I don't know if it's something with the microphone with the app that I was using but I changed up the um the app that I was using to record things and we are going to see if that makes any sort of difference on this episode of the podcast, so I'm redoing it all. Um, Hopefully I will not cry as many times as I had the first time. So we will um, really just take it as it is and hope that I don't have to waste another hour of my time um, redoing this one. So here we are. Welcome. Hopefully your Sunday is off to a better start than mine has been. And uh, I am sorry if you were one who listened to the previous one before I deleted it and were disappointed that there was nothing on there. Um, And so a few housekeeping things. First off, my subscription site is launched for July. Enrollment for my subscription site is only open for two weeks at a time. So if you miss it, then you miss the whole month. And we totally have revamped the program. And I'm super, super, super excited about this. So whenever you start, you're going to start on month one. I was really hesitant to start a subscription site because with all of my knowledge and background in training, I was like, I don't just want to like give people bullshit workouts to do for a month and then them not see progress when like the next month comes along. Like I want it to progress like I would an individual client. And so as I was talking to um, some of the partners at the gym that I'm with, I was like, I really want this to be different. And so I'm super excited Um, every single month. So again, wherever you start, you're going to start month one then it's going to naturally progress through the months like it normally would for an individual client. And within those months, there's going to be a different focus on a fitness, health, um, nutrition topic. You're going to get sent a separate ebook every single month um, alongside all of the other amazing resources that I have within the app and within um, like the programs that just automatically get sent to you when you sign up for it. And uh, every single month, there's going to be a different kind of habit that we are tracking. And my goal with this is that people really learn how to achieve their fitness success, their fitness success without reaching that plateau that always gets them stuck. And so within these, uh, you know, 12 months, There are natural progressions and natural things that I want you guys to focus on within the workouts and outside of the workouts to help you actually be successful every single week. Um, Yeah, so I'm just super passionate and excited about it. And I know that all the girls that are already in there are loving the new app. There's video demonstrations for everything. There is, um, you can track your own like progress with 
whether it's photos of yourself, you can track the weights that you're using in the gym, you can track your food. Like if you use my fitness pal, it'll naturally track into there. There are tons of things that you can do within the app, which is super, like it's just all in one place. It's amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm just super excited to be able to launch this to you all and to get more girls in there. So if you're, if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something you want to do, it's a low cost option. If you just want a plan to go into the gym with, if you have been struggling with where you're at, if you just aren't sure um, if what you're doing is working, get into the subscription site. It's only open for another week um, and a half. It closes on July 4th and then we start officially on the 5th, but if you get in early, you just get extra weeks within these workouts, which is exciting. There are home and gym options for anybody that has limited equipment or that is working out at home. That is no problem. You will still be um, on the right track with these things. So that is linked down below for you or else you can always check it out on my Instagram um, at Lauren Taylor's Lifestyle. So jumping in to this episode now, I don't have any cool music or anything like that to kind of transition us. I'm not that experienced yet, clearly, because I couldn't even get my freaking podcast to have sound last week. So here's my little transition. Um, Welcome to my little teaching side of my head. Turning setbacks into comebacks. Um, This is a topic that I am really passionate about. I have had a lot of failure this last probably two years. I've experienced more failure and setbacks that I ever thought was possible. And within that, I am forever changed because of all of those situations and scenarios. I am a better person because of it. So, um, within this episode, I'm going to kind of talk about, you know, my past, where I'm at currently, what my hope is for my future. I'm going to give you guys advice on what to do if you are in one of these seasons of everything just sucks. Nothing is going my way. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about my teaching experience, getting, um, and landing jobs there, how I became a coach my journey as a coach, as, you know, an athlete, as it all. Um, And I really want you to walk away with some motivation, some inspiration, and some tools and mindset shifts that you can make and that you can do today to help yourself kind of progress and keep moving forward and not let the season of hurt and disappointment take over. Um, It's a little, it sounds a little morbid, it sounds a little um, down and depressing, but I promise you that if you stick through this episode, you will be as changed as I am. Um, And so, you know, starting out, I think we all have to come at this big word failure, right? Nobody, nobody wants to see that word. Nobody wants to hear that word. Nobody wants that word to be in their kind of experience, right? Everybody just wants 
to get it on the first try and they want to um, do it right away. And I think we need to kind of change our mindset just around that word failure. And one thing that I view it as is failing forward. I want to fail forward. Now, I don't even view failure as a thing. I don't think that there's any such thing as failure. Every time you fail, you just learn what isn't right. You just learn what doesn't work. That's not failing, that's learning. The only time that you actually end up failing is when you stop and when you quit and when you stop trying and when you don't get back up. That's the only time that you fail. And you are in denial as much as I was if you thought that you were never going to fail. If you have this mindset of, oh, everything is just going to um, work out and it's all going to be how I want it to be and things like that, which, you know, everything does work out, but it's not necessarily how we want it to be. It works out because you continue to put in the time and the effort to make it work. It doesn't just work out because you didn't fail. And everybody at some point is going to experience disappointments, loss, failures, hurt, rejection, and it all sucks. There is not one positive out of all of those feelings, right? It, you know what I'm talking about, whether it was from a breakup or from a job or from, um, something that you worked really hard for, right? Everybody has had these feelings and you can't let them define you. You can't let that season or that one person define you for the next however many weeks. You have to be stronger than those feelings and you have to be able to get yourself back up and get yourself moving. And you have to kind of jump over those hurdles and work on yourself to get to that point. It's not just going to be like some quick fix. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to get up one morning and I'm going to feel a hundred times better. Like that doesn't happen. It's so slow usually. Like when you feel those things, it takes a while and that's okay. Um, But you can't let it, you can't let it ruin your every every minute of every day. There has to be some balance and you have to feel those feelings, but then you have to learn how to get through it. And I always thought that my life would be like a movie. You know, growing up, not everything was perfect, but I would say that I had it pretty easy. Um, I had parents who supported and loved me and gave me a all of the experiences that I ever wanted. And, you know, we all had to make sacrifices and we had to do things like that. But school was easy for me. Hence kind of why I became a teacher. I always loved learning. I always loved school. I loved reading. Um, I wasn't exceptional at anything, but I was good at a lot. Um, And my life up to then. Like, I didn't date anybody, really. I had, like, two relationships in high school, and the longest one was, like, two months long. I didn't care for boys, and so I just, like, 
never really put myself in a position where I was going to feel super hurt and rejected. I got into, I only applied for one college because I knew that's where I wanted to go and I got in. Um, I, you know, had almost a 4.0 GPA. I had great friends. I loved my life. I knew exactly what was going to happen was I was going to go off to college. I was going to move away. I was going to graduate and become a teacher. While I was at college, I was going to find a boy. We were going to date and I was going to get engaged while I was in college. And then coming out of college, we would get married. I would get a job. We'd get a house. I'd maybe have a dog. And then I'd be a teacher and I would love my life with the love of my life. And wow, did life shock me. Um, so I did go off to college. I loved my college experience. I loved, I was like randomly paired with a roommate. We are best friends. Um, we met before we moved in together. She's also from a town in Minnesota and we met and I was like, this is going to be the best year ever. And that first day I met somebody else who lived down the hall from us. And I was like, oh my God, you were amazing. And she's like, well, let me introduce you to my roommate. And they were also randomly paired. And the four of us just hit it off. And we were best friends. We still are. And my whole college life was living with those three girls. And, you know, we had our drama. We had our things. But life was good. Life was fun. Life was exciting and different and new and we all got along so well compared to all of the horror stories that I heard of different college roommates. And my freshman year, I, uh, you know, was more interested in boys because I thought that I was going to meet my husband in college. And so, you know, we would go out, I would go in, like, I had a few dates, like not even, I don't even know if I consider them dates, but I talked to a few guys. Um, my dates would be like meeting at parties a little, but, um, talked to a few guys, you know, nothing really clicked, nothing, um, like stood out, nothing lasted. Um, it was just kind of like, Hey, you're kind of fun to talk to and hang out with at parties. And then it was like, yeah, whatever. So fast forward to that summer after my freshman year and I go to a party at my friend's house from my hometown and there Cody is. And, you know, fast forward, we did long distance for, uh, I don't know, a couple years, a few years, whatever it was, doing the whole back and forth thing. And he was my person, you know? So Cody was like essentially, you know, one of three people that I've dated. And I don't even know if I consider my high school relationships, but um, probably, I don't know. They're only two months long. But anyways, so Cody was my person. And fast forward five years, still not engaged, but he was like, he was my person. And so I was like, okay, there's another box checked off of my list for what was going to happen in college. And so I was like, sweet, secured the boy. And now I was like, secured my diploma. I came back to student teach in my hometown and live with my parents because I was broke. And 
was supposed to, you know, I was going to sub for the rest of the year. I graduated early, and so it's kind of hard to find a job unless it's a long-term sub in the spring of the school year. And so I was like, no big deal. I'm going to sub, and then I'm going to go and apply for jobs, like, for the following year. And I just assumed that with all the experience that I had teaching and being with kids and my awesome student teaching people, oh gosh, um, and let me just hit do not disturb so that does not bother us anymore. Okay, so I was going to just get a job. I applied and applied and applied and got rejection email after rejection phone call after interview rejected because I didn't have the experience that they wanted. And that was really hard for me because I knew that I was good at my job. I knew that I was a great teacher. I knew that I had the most experience that I could ever have going into a teaching job out of college. And it still wasn't enough. And it almost broke me. I ended up like a couple days before the school year started taking a building sub position. So I would just go to the same building every single day and they would just plug me in where they needed me. I ended up taking this building supposition for the year. And within that year, I hated it. It started out so promising, and what I thought was going to be a job where I was going to be in a classroom every day ended up being I was helping a lot with um, being a paraprofessional, which is not bad, but it's not what I signed up to be. And so I dreaded going to work every single day. I didn't even know if I wanted to teach anymore. I was so just like unmotivated. I started to hate school. And I told myself I wasn't going to get emotional this time. But that was something that I never experienced before. Like ever in my entire life. I, since the first day of kindergarten, I came home and I told my parents that I was going to be a teacher. And I loved school. I would, I was like that girl that would like ask for extra homework in the summer. And I took crazy uh, like college classes in high school and I took AP classes and I did all these things. And I loved college. Like I loved going to my classes. Like it was the best. And I dreaded it. And that was the first time in my entire life. And (laughs) then COVID hits. And so that just kind of throws a wrench in everything else. And, you know, once once COVID is there, then it's, okay, well, you're, you know, you're still going to get paid. You have a contract through the end of the year, but you have to show up and you have to work with the kids who have parents that also have to work and can't be at home with their kids. And so I worked with, I can't remember exactly what they called, emergency, I don't know whatever it was. So I worked at essentially being like a, I was like a head of the fourth and fifth graders. And I did that until the end of the year and it was fine. You know, I just kind of, everybody was just trying to get through it. And 
Then comes the spring where I'm again looking for jobs. And I remember I didn't even want to look. I was like, I hated this year. It was so hard getting a job the first time. Like, I don't even know. Like, maybe this is a sign. Like, I'm not supposed to be a teacher. Over that year of hating my job, I had started coaching and training and realizing that I was super passionate about that. And so all of my free time went into training and working on my own body, helping people for free. I started um, with some like free challenges, helping people on the side. And then I started, um, I got my personal training certification, started charging people for my services and loved watching these girls fall in love with their bodies. And it was uh, something so special and different than what I had always kind of thought of myself doing. And so that spring, I was like, well, maybe this is my sign. I'm not supposed to be a teacher. I'm supposed to be a trainer. And I didn't even want to apply for anything. And I remember I am not a teacher of like real little kids, like kindergarten, first grade, second grade is iffy. Not my thing. I uh, prefer fourth and fifth graders. And there was a kindergarten position open at the school that I soon taught at. I was like kind of debating it and I had already applied for lots of jobs and gotten rejected and had different interviews, got rejected. And it was just like one phone call after the other that was like, nope, sorry, nope, sorry, nope, sorry. And I was just like, okay, I'm done. Like I told my mom, I was like, I don't even want to apply for it. I was like, Lauren, just apply. Like you have nothing to lose. I was like, fine, whatever. But I don't even want kindergarten. Like I, that's why I didn't want it. And so then the interview happens. One of the fifth grade teachers is on the interview and I had student taught his kid in second grade and he loved me. His kid loved me. And he brought him on the interview and stuff. And then I was like, okay, whatever. I got the phone call saying, hey, you know, we had somebody else for that kindergarten position. And it didn't really bother me because I didn't want it in the first place. So I didn't even have like high hopes. And I didn't know if I was even going to take it if I was offered it. And so um, I uh, ended up, then she was like, but I have a different opportunity for you if you're interested. It would be teaching fifth grade literacy. And so I would teach reading, writing, and social studies. And I was like, oh my God, yes. I was like, that is ideal for me. I, uh, yeah, 100%. And so I ended up taking that job and uh, it was the best. I couldn't have asked for a better first year of teaching. There was so much craziness of COVID and the restrictions that we had to have. My class really, really, really challenged me, um, behaviorally and academically. But I wouldn't have traded it for anything. I fell in love with teaching again. Which made the end of the year that much harder when I got cut. 
And I think what made it so hard was that it wasn't, it wasn't my teaching that was why I got cut. It wasn't anything that had to do with me professionally. It was the numbers for like students in our district. And it was, um, budget. And so anybody that was not tenured into the district, so if you're not a teacher, getting tenured means being in the same district for, um, like your third year is your last year. And then your fourth year, if you are hired back, you are tenured in. And basically at that point, they can't fire you unless there is a professional reason why they can. And so all of us, there were like six of us just in my building got cut. And it was devastating. Like, probably the hardest thing I've ever had to hear. Well, one of them, but the hardest thing. And I'm clearly still not okay about it. But now I'm back to the drawing board of trying to get another job. This is kind of turning into my teaching story, but whatever. There was just like a lot of setbacks in order for me to get that job in the first place and then to have it like taken away from me. So now I'm in the same position as I was before, trying to get a job, hopefully back in the same building if numbers come back, and ideally in the same grade level. I uh, can't imagine teaching with anybody else or teaching a different grade. Um, but yeah, I did not plan to have that much failure within the span of two years. Just, it wasn't even two years. Well, yeah, I guess it was two years just in my teaching. And that didn't even account for coming out of college and tons of debt, my car breaking and having to buy a new one a day before school, my... Um, trying to buy this house. The house market is just insane and crazy. And that took us like a year to just land this house and be able to pay for it. Um, I had both of my grandpas die. Like, it was a lot. It was a lot. I, uh, you know, it would have been really easy for me to stay at home, work odd jobs, um, let all of these disappointments kind of rule me and define me and tear me down. Um, but I didn't. You know, I continued to build up my coaching business. I took that year of hating my job and built what I love today. Um, over this last year, I had actually stopped my own business and went in with a friend and uh, got a call like a couple months in saying, you know, she wasn't sure where she wanted to lead this thing. And so then she was like, I don't need an assistant coach right now. And so then I had to restart my business from ground zero um, and then got... Um, an email from the owner of my gym that I go to saying that he wanted to collaborate on some things and work with me. Um, 
And now I have started my subscription site. I've started this podcast. I'm pouring my heart and soul into my clients and into studying and learning more and becoming a better coach and a better teacher. Um, and so, you know, if anybody knows failure, it is definitely me. This last two years brought a lot out of me and it should have probably destroyed me, but it didn't. And I am so proud of myself for that. I took what were a lot of shitty days and turned them into what I wanted. You know, it's as simple as that. I didn't let those things bring me down. Um, and so two kind of big things that have helped me get through all of that was the... The first one was that year of just lots and lots and lots of rejection calls. I just cried every single time. I'm just an emotional person. It's fine. But I remember my mom. I don't even know if she remembers me saying this. But my mom told me one time that I was super down on myself. And she said, you get 24 hours to be sad. That's it. And at first I was kind of taken aback and I was like, screw you, mom. Like, no, like I just lost out on what I thought was going to be like, I thought I was going to land that job. The interview went really well. It was with the school that I student taught at. Everything was going like all the stars were aligned for this one. And that didn't happen. And so... I was just pissed. And I was mad at my mom for saying that I can only be sad for 24 hours. I was like, no. Like, I can be sad for however long I want. And, you know, down the road, that is hands down the best piece of advice I've ever been given. Not because my mom expected me to forget about that stuff. Not because she expected me to be, like, happy-go-lucky the next day. But it was a whole mindset shift of, you know, feel these feelings, get through it, wake up tomorrow, and it's a new day. Like, yesterday's failures don't define who you are today. Yesterday's rejection doesn't determine what today's opportunities are going to bring. And that whole mindset is really what got me through a lot of shit. Um... And I just went, I went at everything like, like, I was just like, okay, 24 hours. When I go to bed and I wake up tomorrow, it's going to be a new day. It's going to be better. And that's not to say that those feelings aren't valid. And it's not to say that you can never be sad, right? But it's, it's a whole idea around you can't let those things take you down. You can't let them ruin your relationships with the people around you. You can't let them ruin your relationship with yourself. You can't let them pull you into your room where you can't get out from under the covers. You have to be able to kind of 
step away from those feelings and step away from those things and be able to um be able to get back up and um so then the second thing that really helped me get through all those kind of seasons of hurt was I uh, read this somewhere in a book or in my daily devotional or something like that I can't remember exactly where I heard it from or maybe it was in a podcast I honestly don't remember but what I want you to do just like what I did was take that failure, disappointment, rejection, whatever it is, write it down. And then underneath it, I want you to write down three good things that have come from that. So for me was getting cut from my job. And I, the three things that I wrote down that were good because of it was I truly enjoyed the last month and a half of the school year. I, like, I didn't take it for granted anymore. You know, I just always thought that that, like, I always thought that I was going to just get a job. I always thought that I would just, like, have that job because I was in there. Then I also have been able to spend a lot more time focusing on coaching and focusing on building up this business. And the third thing that has helped me because of that, or was a good outcome because of that, was um, that I focus more on my mental health. You know, like I said, my kids were super challenging. And uh, I had worked with a lot of challenging groups, but coming into the school year, I had like three kids reading on grade level, and I had just a cluster of kids who had anxiety, who had stress, who had ADHD, who had EBD, you know, I had it all in my classroom and I was um, decently stacked. And so, you know, it was a really big challenge, but I started focusing more on my own mental health. And as much as we want as teachers to pour our heart and soul into our kids and into our profession, we need that time for ourselves too. And so, you know, those were three, you know, decently significant things that happened because I was cut from that job. Um, I'm not saying that it's easy to look at the positives in life when you're spiraling and you can't stop the tears from rolling down your face, I completely understand that. Give yourself those 24 hours or the 48, whatever you need. And when you're feeling a little more stable and your head is on a little bit tighter, then do that exercise. You know, but it is it is really helpful to be able to, you know, take that step back and be like, okay, not everything horrible about this was, or not everything about this was horrible. It sucks. Cry it out. Be angry. Do what you need to do, but get back up. And understand that truly everything does happen for a reason, and there are positives and negatives to everything, and it's your job and your choice to look at the positives of it. And 
you're just gonna have to pivot. I can't say that without thinking of the Friends episode of them pivoting, but like I said earlier in the episode, every failure is just proof that that wasn't the right way. It's just, I am an analytical person, and so it's just, you know, it is proven that that way doesn't work. You have to find a different way. Go try something new. Go add in something. Go explore, invent, create. Um, All of these people that we aspire to be, all of these musicians and inventors and explorers and all these people, right, that we want to be like, that we look up to, all of them have gotten there by getting past their own failures. All of them had rejection emails, I'm sure. All of them have tried something and it failed. All of them, I'm sure, have lost money, right? They've all failed, but they've all pushed through it and they've gone past it and they are who they are today because of those things. The greatest athletes in the world didn't get there without failing. Every single one of them has lost a match or a game. Every single one of them, I'm sure, has broken some sort of bone or had a setback in a season because of something external. And, you know, if they hadn't failed that many times, and if I hadn't failed that many times, or at that exact time, I wouldn't have found my passion in helping females gain confidence in the gym. I wouldn't have been at this job in this grade level if I had taken a job in a different district. Because who knows if I would have been cut that first year and then had the opportunity to be in this position. Every failure and rejection is there for a reason and it's there to make you stronger and to get you to see that there's something else out there. I would never have worked with my gym and the people there and started coaching in person at Anytime Fitness um, if I didn't, you know, get the call from my friend saying that she doesn't need me. I wouldn't have found this house if I didn't get every other rejection letter from owners saying that they went with somebody with a higher bid or somebody with, you know, that they knew or whatever it was. I wouldn't be here. And you wouldn't be where you are either without all of your setbacks either. And it says a lot that you're even just listening to this and you're putting forth that effort. Life is supposed to be messy. You are supposed to fail. You are supposed to go through all of those situations and experiences to get you stronger. One of my favorite analogies is in fitness, right? So you cannot build muscle without tension. You can't build muscle without tearing down the muscle fibers that you already have in your muscles when you do a bicep curl, right? You are breaking down all of those and creating like little tears in your muscles. And as you recover, those tears 
build back and they build back stronger. The same thing goes in life. You are not going to be stronger by staying in your comfort zone, by staying exactly where you are. You are not going to be um, a better, you know, teacher, a better, whatever your profession is. You're not going to get better by having it easy all the time. You're going to get complacent and then you're going to fall behind because you're not constantly trying to improve. And so, you know, with that, I am going to leave us on this long episode. Um, And I really strongly encourage you to go take whatever that first failure, setback, rejection, whatever it was that you thought of when I said that. And go write down three good things that have come out of it. I hope that my message shed a light on, you know, Instagram is really our highlight reel. You know, I deal with a lot of things on the back end of my business and on the back end of teaching that I don't necessarily share. And maybe I need to get better about that because it's really easy to think that everybody else has it easy. It's easy to think like, oh, well, she just got that because of X, Y, and Z. You don't see all the behind the scenes work and why that person is better because of all of those experiences. And I I just really hope that this encourages you to keep going, no matter what you're going through. If you're looking for jobs like me, if you're trying to build a business, if you're trying to build a podcast, whatever it is, I hope that you keep going. Please remember to like, share, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. It all helps get into my subscription site for the month of July. It's going to be a great month. Um, We have some solid workouts. Our focus this month is going to be on movement and there's a whole ebook, added resources. I have a cookbook coming out that's going to go out to free, going out for free for my subscription girls. Um, And, you know, if you're a teacher as well. We will get through this all together and I hope that you have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you on Sunday.